0: Once upon a
1: Once upon a time there was a king who decided I want to have lots of kingdoms all across the lands and he decided I will have these kingdoms I have spoken of and he built lots and lots of communes. How many? Lots.
2: One hundred and thirty. <laughs> like, but how many? One hundred and thirty. Whoa!
1: <laughs> Hello. Welcome to Once Upon a Cult. I'm Sean. I'm
2: Victoria.
1: And we have a special guest superstar today. Wow. Wow. Who's that? I don't know. They didn't show up. So instead, we have Alan with us. <laughs> <laughs> I it. like,
0: who's the superstar? <laughs> like, on,
1: you know. Hi, Alan. How are you? Good. Hi, are you? Alan. Hey, guys. Oh. Wrong meeting. Wrong meeting. <laughs>
0: Sorry.
1: <laughs> so this is your firstest podcast ever. How are you feeling? I didn't
0: say this was my first one. Oh.
1: It's not? not Oh, good. Yeah, I was going to
2: say he just wanted to pop your
1: podcast. Very. Oh. <laughs> naughty, naughty.
2: <laughs> That's you.
1: So today we are speaking about... Children of God. Are, I thought you
2: were going to say Children of the Corn. I know, right? <laughs> That's what it feels like.
1: Are any of the other names that they go by. They went by like five different names. Yes. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. So they started in 1968 by David Brandt Berg.
2: Yes, who later went by Moses. <laughs> <laughs> That's subtle. <laughs>
1: That's right. <laughs> so one thing we find is... Co-leaders always give themselves a huge, like, biblical name. Yeah.
2: He already had, though, a huge biblical name. And it came from a... It was even from the Bible. Like, dude, your name's already David. What more do you want? Your mom was, like, a preacher. She gave you this biblical name specifically because she was a preacher. And what? why did you need to change it? I guess Moses is more... Biblical
0: sounding, there yeah. than David. Mm-hmm. David's a common name, <laughs> yeah. so I'm sure people will yeah. get it real quick. <laughs> oh, that's David. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. All right, so, did you, you found stuff about his childhood, right? I did. Right? I did. So
2: his mom was actually a traveling preacher, and I thought it was really interesting because she had claimed that she was a product of a miracle. She had an accident when she was a young girl, she claims, she claims us, that she slipped on some ice and broke her back in two places and for five years was bedridden and she was paralyzed and... This was back in the late 1800s, so back then, people really had no clue
1: about anything. Do you think somebody actually just stepped on a crack in that old, like, theory <laughs> of... <laughs> the Lord, like, step, a step on a step crack, break your mama's back? back.
2: <laughs> maybe, maybe. But, so she claimed to have been bedridden for all these years, and in this time, God spoke to her and healed her, and so she became, she grew up and kind of became a traveling preacher like the old-timey um uh people that would like the snake oil guys you know what I'm talking about Mm -hmm. that's like how I pictured this (laughs) woman and she's of course like traveling around with her her son who's witnessing and watching this and then she I learned that she I don't know if um he, I guess he was molested at some point when he was young.
1: So we're talking um, about Berg, right, her son? Yes, okay. so she
2: had Berg. Sorry. <laughs> um, and at some point, I guess he was molested, and it opened up this... It, it happened when he was young. I don't know exactly how old. I want to say really young, but like four or five. But I guess it opened up this sexual fascination for him, and in particular... He was quite fond of masturbating. And <laughs> and it just got worse, I guess, as he aged and got older. And apparently that's like all he did was just like everywhere he was going just like, Hey, nice to meet you. What's up, Mom David? Like shaking your hand, but also shaking his hand like Oh my god. Yeah, so I guess like it got to a point where even the mom was like, I'm gonna cut off your hands if you don't Stop! She also threatened to cut off other part uh, pieces involved in ear? no (laughs) other pieces you would masturbate with. Oh, oh. So not your ear, (laughs) (laughs) but I guess so. Yeah. So that was kind of his like young age to teenager was there was just a whole lot of self love going on. Okay. Yeah. I feel like like I could
1: uh, identify You're with right?
0: that. <laughs> I know that's like every teenage right there. Teenager. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, yeah.
2: I guess though he would even do it though in public. Oh, like he was just like everywhere he went. He I still feel it. like I could relate. <laughs> <laughs> you perhaps? Um, what about you, Alan?
0: <laughs> Not in public. No, no, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Some wrong bed with you, babe. <laughs> <laughs> great. Um, so anyway, so he he kind of grows up and uh, it's it's just a, a bad habit I guess for him and and it really causes like a problem with him and his mom <laughs> So yeah that's
1: that's what I got. <laughs> I love sitting here watching you talk about masturbating. <laughs> I'm actually I doing it out on the I table right now. Say,
2: <laughs> you really do relate with him a lot so far <laughs>
1: So, in 1968, this is when um, David, at this point, is a former Christian and a missionary, and he's he's been a pastor at this point, and he decides, I want to start these communes, I want to start this group, and I want to bring people together for Mm -hmm. Christianity. Sounds good, right? Right. Right. (laughs) So, he's also known for writing a whole shit ton of letters. Mm -hmm. So, by... Uh, 24 years in, he had written nearly 3,000 letters that he had published.
2: That just sounds crazy. Yeah. They had some really odd publishings, and I don't know when some of these came out, but they did have one publication in particular that was really disturbing. Do you know what I'm talking about?
0: No,
1: tell me.
2: It was called The Little Fish it though we'll we'll talk about fishing and then we'll talk about the little fish
1: oh no i see where this is going i know you do and it's
2: it's disturbing so this really
1: brings like a whole new meaning to one fish two fish red fish blue fish (laughs) (laughs) sorry we'll get back to that
2: (laughs) all right so 1968 he starts opening up all his communes and then where did you leave off sorry
1: Oh, no, no, you're right. And the the letters were referred to as the mo letters. So that was kind of funny. But um, what he starts to do in these letters, which I don't know if it's on purpose, or if it's um, accidental, but he's very forthcoming with, you know, his failures with his shortcomings. So I see this as a huge ploy, huge success in getting people to trust him and see I'm him as someone say, who's not perfect. To
2: put that vulnerability out is yeah. really going to make him human and like, okay, like I can I can not only, are you a leader, but you're a person and I can relate to you now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then 1972 I found was a huge year for Berg. So this is the year that he announces that he's a prophet to the world, hey, <laughs> by the <why>? way.
2: <laughs> right? and BD. <me> <laughs> also, by
1: 1972, he had opened the 130 communes around the world that we talked about. And... Um, This is when he really starts growing the membership into his group. Yeah, life is good. Yeah, life is
2: good. was growing at a rapid rate there. What could go wrong? Yeah.
0: So So this is
1: where we get into, like, what's my new favorite term of the day. Alan, do you want to tell us about the fishing?
0: Yeah. um, (laughs) So in order to recruit uh, new members to his communes was to um use women as um flirty 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 fishing fishing, yes (laughs) where they would literally using women as (laughs) right i get another nautical metaphor there (laughs) (laughs) and yeah they would um use these women to attract new members mostly um from what i read like affluent uh, members into um, the community
2: can we just use nautical terms
0: though, <laughs> puns for the remainder? Yeah, sure,
2: okay. sure. I don't have any, but. <laughs>
1: so you're setting us up for failure. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> I just love them though.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I yeah, <laughs> There we go. There we got All right. <laughs> so I found this number from 1974 to 1987. So just in 13 years, over 223 nine hundred eighty nine thousand people had sexual contact with flirty fishers that
2: is insane
1: it and is do you
2: know why flirty fishing was finally put to an end
1: i love your alliteration <laughs> <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs>
2: but do you know why? why it was finally decided amongst the church that you know it? let's not do this anymore because of the widespread of AIDS,
1: oh. AIDS is
2: why we no longer flirty fish. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so flirty fishing was dissolved due to the widespread of AIDS, and in the 80s when AIDS was a big deal, it was like, oh, okay, maybe we shouldn't just yep. sleep with anybody and everyone to get them to join the church.
0: And they also didn't believe in um, protected sex, too, yes. so yeah. <clears throat> that was another... Yeah,
2: and they they say that they didn't believe in that because he actually, David, actually wanted to promote more children, not only children, but children born into this. So, he just wanted you from the start. I'm going to mold your (laughs) life.
1: (laughs) What's really scary to me is... The way he convinced these girls to go out and be flirty fishermen, mm-hmm. he would basically tell them their bodies aren't their own. They were given to them to live in this realm, and they were going to move on from their body anyway, so they were meant to spread the word through sex, basically. Yeah. Can you imagine being that young <laughs> and being told, like, this is all you're meant for?
2: No. No. Like, that's that's pretty... I mean too. you know what was really interesting to me though is I actually watched um, in doing our research, I watched a, a, like a television show where like a morning news show where they interviewed a former member. And she, she was born pretty much into the cult. Her mom joined when she was only a year old. and she talked about how when it was finally her she was like 11 when it was her turn to become sexual. And, um, she, she described her first experience and she's, when she talked about it, she just knew it was wrong. Like she felt bad because she felt bad about the experience because her whole life she was groomed that this is what God wants. This is, you know, God wants you to show your love this way. And that's really all you know and now you feel bad and icky about it. So how does that make you feel like, oh, I don't want God's love? Like, what's wrong with me that I don't? And that's really how, what she talked about. Her experience was because she she knew nothing else. She just knew that she felt wrong about the situation. So it was really interesting to me that this woman who, as a child, had nothing to compare it against, has no idea one way or the other, just knew this was wrong. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think that's really interesting <clears throat> about us as people, just our, how, how we know and differentiate right from wrong.
1: That is interesting, and it's a good point to bring up. Yeah. Look, you made a good point for a <laughs> <laughs> Don't count on it, happening. To.
2: <laughs> I told you when we talked about flirty fishing, I wanted to talk about the, the little fish. Or My Little Fish is what it was called. So, their publication. Oh, yeah. So, that was another way that they would groom young girls. So, My Little Fish was actually a publication geared towards the children. And it would show very explicit pictures of children in pornographic um, images or Physicians, like there was, and they had crazy captions. I was watching um, like an old episode of 2020 and they showed it and it was like, they blurred the children, but it was like a threesome at three. And I was like, are you kidding? Like who in their right mind thought it was okay to produce this? And it was three little babies all naked together. And it was a joke, I, I think, but it was like a threesome at three, and I, I was like, what what amazes me, and it's something we've talked about before, too, is the people that go along with this. Like, how right. are you so brainwashed mm-hmm. that you actually saw this? Like, like I, I'm just thinking of, like, I'm proofreading something before it goes out and I see it. Three, submit three. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, let's print that.
1: Right. What? <laughs> Yeah, and to print something, like we worked at a printing company, it has to go through multiple people. That's what
2: I'm saying. Like, I I think about our time at our print shop that we worked at together, and I I proved something and checked off on it. I'd send it to somebody (laughs) else to check off on it. Like, ten people had to check off on this publication we were about to produce. Mm -hmm. And nobody was like, "Uh, you know what, it's kind of icky for us to post little babies naked and having threesomes. Nobody thought that. Not one single person.
1: Yeah, that's a problem. And then there was
2: also um, it was also to a guide for the children on how to have sex with adults. And there was images of the abuse going on. And these pictures I guess are still out on the internet today. And and so that's what this woman is actually advocating for is is for the FBI to get involved like how much more more proof do you need? To right, bring all they of this spelled to justice. it all out. Yeah, it's like it's everywhere. Like, what there's no hiding what happened, it's everywhere. And so, it's just crazy to me.
1: Yeah, can I get to 1970? You can go to 1970 now. Thank God. <laughs> so,
2: you know, I don't want to talk about it now. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs>
1: So, in 1978, we see the Church of God actually disbands, but they only disband to come together again as a new name, which they come together as the family of love. Mm. Yeah, right? Sounds like a <laughs> porn I've seen once.
2: <laughs> or twice. Or twice.
1: <laughs> Who are we kidding? <laughs> 23 times. <laughs> so, there were reports of financial mismanagement, There is serious misconduct, and a disagreement of... Um, whether flirty fishing should be a thing that the church does or not Mm -hmm. so that's why he kind of just stopped it and started it with new people and um a new name but actually one out of eight of the members left at this time and those who remained they just kind of rolled into the family of love
2: Mm -hmm. i think he was also trying to disassociate the children of god because it was starting to get negative um views yeah people were finally starting to say (laughs) this is a cult (laughs) and starting to I, i think his paranoia was starting to kick in because with all our cult leaders we've seen a lot of paranoia and he was no exception he started getting paranoid especially i think you know you're doing something wrong You know, like we talked about this with David Koresh, like, and I think that's why I was kind of reminded of Koresh when listening and studying about this one, because I had heard, um, and I was listening to a podcast where they talked about, he got, he was getting really, really paranoid, but at the same time, I feel like you're, you know, you're doing something wrong. You should already be paranoid. Yeah. Right. Like you should, you, you know, you're doing something wrong, so you know, you're going to get caught. Like (laughs) Yes. I don't think it's this greater intervention that, like, God gave you a sign. You need to change your name. No, you know you're doing something wrong. So you got to change your name and throw people off. So I think that's really the only reason that our names changed. Because our name didn't just change once. Like you said, the name changed multiple times.
1: Right. It changed again in 1982. The Of Love was dropped. And now they're just called The Family.
2: Yes. (laughs) <laughs> so
1: I just like saying like of oh, love. And today,
2: as of today, they are the family international.
1: Yeah, and they're wow.
2: Still up and running, and this is the thing—you can still be a part of it if you wanted to.
1: So the '80s, we started to see Berg's health is diminishing so a lot more power is being given to karen zerby who has kind of been um i
2: was gonna say we should clarify her role because he this is now his second wife Mm -hmm. his first wife um she she gave him the four children and then i think started kind of seeing what was really going on and so she left Mm -hmm. um he the children stayed with him but, and Karen, uh, he met at, she was 23, and he was 27 years older than her at the time. And, yeah, and he was still married, and his wife was still around at the time, and he made it very clear that I'm going to start sleeping with her now, but she's also going to start sleeping with other people. Like, that, that's the thing is this, this cult was very conditioned to let Moses, or David, whatever we want to call him, <laughs> <laughs> do whatever he wanted, you know, sexually. He he had everyone so programmed that he was just spreading God's love that why wouldn't you have sex with as many people <laughs> as possible, right?
0: Yeah, I think that was his excuse of kind of not really cheating, but mm-hmm. the whole, like, you know, seeing Karen to, um, yeah. you know, which enabled other people to kind of have fun mm-hmm. with each other. Yeah. yeah, this is a party. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: among Karen's adventures at sea, being a flirty fisher.
0: <laughs> oh,
2: I like that you're going back to her. You're welcome. That's you're welcome. Right?
1: <laughs> you. Oh, my lady. <laughs> <laughs> she got pregnant with um, Ricky Rodriguez, mm-hmm. who is a name that is going to be very important in our story in a second. But, he's um, the prince. Yeah, he's Ghost. the prince.
2: Of our story.
1: <laughs> so I find this really funny. Well, I shouldn't say funny. That's really bad. We'll come back to the funny Okay. So first we'll talk about the dark, then I'll tell you why I think it's funny. Because you're twisted? Because <laughs> I'm twisted. <laughs> so this is around the time that David's really getting into, we need to have the children exposed to sex as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. And we see this with Ricky. He's, the, like you said, the golden child. And the nannies at four years old, they started exploring sex with Ricky. They started yeah. touching him. They took pictures. But the reason why it's kind of um, a double-edged sword here is the person who started to bring the organization out of the child molestation is Karen herself. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's funny to me that she let this happen to her son, but she's the one who stopped it. So I'm wondering if seeing it done to her son is what finally, like, clicked to her.
2: I wonder. I Mm -hmm. mean, I don't
1: know. Yeah, because by 19...
2: I wonder too if it had to do with the fact that her child was a boy, and this is the first time we're really seeing a, a male being molested and groomed for sexual you know, stuff, because it's been all the little girls up until this point that have Mm -hmm. been groomed. So maybe Karen's like, oh, damn, no, there's really just a problem here. Yeah. That there's maybe a sexual addiction or something, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't know what she was thinking, obviously, but.
1: Because Karen even put out a statement saying that if anybody is caught adult to child molesting, Mm -hmm. that they would be excommunicated from the church. Like, she was serious. She brought down the hammer in 89. Yeah. But tell us more about Ricky, the golden child.
2: Ricky was, so, he he was raised to, he was kind of like um, the subject matter of a lot of publications. And he was led to kind of be an example for how you should raise your children. And so... David raised him, even though it wasn't David's son. He raised him, and he was very much, like you, you said, grooming him right off the bat to take over. And, and he would expose him to sex, like you said, starting at, like, four years old is the first time he was molested. And Ricky ended up growing growing up and wanting to—he took over after David passed away. So David died in, in 1994, and then for a year, Karen was kind of running the show, and she, she finally let Ricky go out, because he wanted to kind of explore the, the communes, and he wanted to see what life was like for people that were living this lifestyle. So he starts going out and exploring because finally, after about a year, Karen agreed to let him go out and he goes to the jumbo. And which we haven't <laughs> even talked about. I'll let you talk about the jumbo if you like. I know how you feel about <laughs> jumbo over there. So Victoria
1: referred to the jumbo as my penis. I clear. it's not, it's something else.
2: <laughs> he was just being modest. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What's, what's interesting though is that this is the first time they've used a word that's not nautical related. I mean, can, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's not the ship or yeah, the yeah. Titanic type. or <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> we didn't get a fun name there. Just, yeah, oh, that's the jumbo. That's the yeah. jumbo.
0: <laughs> uh,
2: the jumbo, by the way, was like a compound. Well, no, it wasn't a compound, it was like a prison. It was like, yeah, the teenage girls were all being held there at one point. Jumbo got its name just because it was the biggest. Yeah, biggest. it was the
1: biggest of the, I guess, communites, the closest word I think you could give to it.
2: Yeah. But, but it, it was was prison a prison for these girls, yeah. So Ricky goes out, though, and he visits these girls, and he sees just the way people are living, and he's like, whoa, what the hell? Like, I he, he saw, too, that their family was rich. And how they were living in that. These people were giving everything to the church. You know, they were financially not doing well because they were giving up so much. And so he comes back and he kind of questions Karen. Like, what can we do to make the lives better for these people? You know, like, this is not right. And so they kind of have um, a tiff, I guess. And so Karen goes into hiding. And Ricky kind of loses it. and Kind of? Well, yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> do you want to go ahead and explain <laughs> what
2: he did?
1: Sure. So, actually, do you want to tell us about it?
2: And nobody wants to talk
0: about yeah, what know. he did. Well, I mean, I think <laughs> for a few years, right, he left the, the cult. Um, and I think he tried to, with his, you know, a few other people... Um, kind of help people who were leaving the cult to kind of reacclimate themselves back into society. Mm -hmm. Um, but he also became pretty fixated in regards to kind of, I don't know if this is the right word, but like gaining revenge upon his, um, you know, the people that kind of harmed him. In the past, Um, and one was one of his, um, I guess, nannies, Mm -mm. Um, who was Karen's secretary. By time. security too. Yeah, security. Yeah. Yeah. So he was able to get her over to his place to try to kind of um, get her mom's location, his mom's location out. But um, I guess they got into an argument, and he just ended up, you know, just getting into a fight which involved a knife and a, a lot of cutting like, yeah, you know that the
2: thing you do with a knife
0: and um yeah what ended her life was he slit her throat um so that happened um, and then, uh, after that not sure exactly what happened but they did find him in his car, which he basically yeah. killed himself. So his
2: apartment was in Arizona, and and yeah, he after he murdered her, he left, and he was headed to California. I, I My imagination says that he probably was headed to Huntington Beach, because for a long time, they were stationed in Huntington Beach in the first actual church, I guess, or mission is what they were referring mm-hmm. to him as. Um, was actually in Huntington Beach. So I, I'm assuming he was on his way there and he pulled over in Blythe, California, is where he was found.
1: I'd imagine like the stress of just murdering someone and being on the road. Like, and then he, you're,
2: and yeah. you're on, and then too, he's driving alone with his own thoughts for yeah. just hours and hours. You're driving through the middle of the night from Arizona to California. I've made that drive. You're all alone. It's desert. There's nowhere to stop. You know, even there's, it's just like, no, you're just alone. You know? There's a
1: 21 pilot song about that. It's called car radio. Uh It's an amazing song. You should all listen to it.
2: No.
0: (laughs) No. 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 You're awful.
2: (laughs) One time though to do with anything it's
1: (laughs) not like you at all
2: but this story just popped into my head i'll have to find the picture if i ever can but i was driving to arizona for a concert one day i just decided to randomly up and go and so i was running super late it was like it was a newfound concert and (laughs) i know i know you're not happy but um It was funny because I tried to convince my best friend to go with me and I'm like, come on, let's just go. And the concert was in Arizona. So I'm like, let's just go. We'll get up early in the morning. We'll drive first thing in the morning. We'll leave. And she's like, no, I don't want to go. So I was like, all right, fine. We won't go. And then I was like, you know what, Effie, I wanna go. And so at two PM I decided I was gonna leave for Arizona and I thought I was going to Phoenix and then I found I was really supposed to be going to Tucson. Oh my god oh no. and there's like an hour time change by the time you get to Tucson and then on top of that like I didn't even pack my clothes like I just left my house and I was driving like 120 the whole time to Arizona. So anyway, so in Arizona though, when you're driving that fast, they have these little things parked on the side of the road that look like fake, <laughs> they, like they're, they look fake, but they take your picture for tickets.
0: Oh. Um,
1: um.
2: yeah and so I got a ticket speeding oh, on that freeway in Arizona between California and Arizona but I looked so happy doing it like <laughs> well, I I looked so <laughs> yeah and I was like you know it's funny because like I was driving and no joke I'm going 120 miles an hour in this little Corolla and just like <laughs> you know all happy driving and, and I see this Bright flash, like out of nowhere, and I was like, it's Yeah, I like, saw that there was the cameras like every so often, and I was like, Ah, oh, it's going so fast, they won't see me anyway. And I get the picture in the mail, and it's just like super clear, super me, like I'm super happy on my
1: way to the show. Very nice. Yeah,
2: anyway, that's my story.
1: So, Victoria, Alan, mm-hmm. yes, something amazing happened this week, like, and it wasn't even planned. So, on my other show, Brunch with the (laughs) Hollowells, we just did season four, episode one, Mm -hmm. which of course, Rose McGowan comes into the cast, (laughs) and when I was looking into Children of God last week, who did I see was part of Children of God? Who? Rose McGowan. What? So, Charmies, hopefully you're listening to this, because I promised I would get into Rose McGowan's upbringing within this cult. So a lot of the information I got was from an interview on the Roseanne show in '99. She explained that she feels the cult really hurt her relationship with her mother mm-hmm. because it was so masculine that she would see her mom like bow down to men all the time, uh, and right off the bat, she knew that that wasn't that right. Was wrong. Yeah. So it goes to what you were saying yeah. earlier.
2: Like you just know.
1: Yeah. She said there were a lot of like strange rituals. Like there was one where she had to learn how to snap her fingers, and if she didn't do it right, like she was in trouble. Like mm-hmm. hey, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, just have to be a yeah. Dash to yeah.
2: Snap. Like when you're out there, like hey, boys, come get this, come and
1: get this. And get this.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm filled with Christ's love. Right? <laughs> Um, She said, actually, when Berg started um, stressing the message of sleeping with children, that's when her family knew that the cult wasn't right.
2: That's what I heard, is that her father was uh, kind of... He left when the incest began. Yeah. So that, that's, that's the line, sir. Yeah, that's hey, the but line. Incest? No, no, no. We can leave little kids all day long, but I'm not touching my own.
1: But she said that um, her family was terrified to leave because whenever a family was even thought to want to leave the cult, mm-hmm. a lot of times their children would disappear. Our family members yeah. would go through extreme punishment. So she said it was a really hard time. And she said even feeling that she is a strong person herself, she feels she barely got out by the skin of her teeth.
2: So it's such a crazy, intense cult. It's so weird to think of a celebrity in there, let alone more than one celebrity. Because we actually had multiple celebrities mm-hmm. that were, at one point, members of The children of God. We had a whole family. We did. A famous family. The Phoenix family Mm -hmm. were members, which we are on the fence about this because I love Joaquin Phoenix and somebody else here does not. I think he's an attractive man. I I, do not. I know. And it's weird.
1: I mean, we agree on one thing. He is a man.
2: He's an attractive (laughs) man. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so yeah. So the Phoenix family was actually associated with her, from I believe they were uh, involved from 1972 to 1978 Mm -hmm. and they there is reports that River actually had his first sexual experience within the cult at the age of four years old. So it really does make you wonder and question kind of if this upbringing and these experiences that he went through led to his death because he died at 23 due to a drug overdose and we watched another story where um another past member also talked about not only her struggles with um, addiction after the cult but she said that everyone she knew battled with some form of an addiction in one way or another Mm -hmm. so so I mean it makes me wonder like did this cause you to to go that way you know
1: yeah and it makes you really think with um Ricky and with Mm -hmm. River um being exposed to sex at such a young age, I think there's a lot of confusion, a lot of anger. Um, I know Chester Bennington went through a lot of the same type of things at a young age, and he committed suicide, so I think it is a very scary thing to go through, and there is a lot of mental help that needs to be yeah. had. So, to parents, like, take it very seriously yeah. with your kids.
2: Yeah. Well, that was depressing. Shut up. Shut <laughs> <laughs> up.
1: Um, One thing that I found Mm -hmm. in my research that I I definitely want to check out and I think we should all look for is Rose McGowan actually put out a docu-series on E! It looked like in late 2018, early 2019. She she wrote a book, too. Yeah, she did. The docu-series is called Citizen Rose, and it talks a lot about um, her time with the cult and a lot about um, uh, sexual abuse at a young age. Mm -hmm. So I definitely want to look into that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And then, like we said, she's also got a book out. So if you're interested, her book is called Brave, and it talks also about her experience in the cult.
1: And if you're a Charmed fan, come check out Brunch with the Hollowells every Sunday, where Rob and I talk all about every single season of Charmed and our gay lives.
0: <laughs>
2: Wait, you're gay?
1: No.
0: so <laughs> that?
2: Alan.
1: <laughs> Jerk. <laughs>
2: All right, culties. Well, that's all we have for next week, but make sure that you're following us on Instagram and Twitter at Once Upon a Cult. And if you ever want to drop us a message, you can email us at Once Upon a, or email us at once upon a Cult
1: at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> all right, next week we have a plethora of different famous people we could use, but we're going to each give you a hint from a different person, a quote from each of these people. Here's mine, all over your body, all over your body, in my love, all over, all over, from your head down to your toes.
0: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Mine's pretty short, but I think it's a pretty big give. Um, Oops, I did it again. (laughs) (laughs) Look at that (laughs) be?
2: Uh, mine would be the limit does not exist. <laughs> <laughs> I changed it on I told you. I you you did. You're else. good. But then I realized that the person that says that is not the person we're talking about. So that wouldn't make sense and might throw people off. So yeah. <laughs> I had to go with the limit does not exist.
1: <laughs> anyway. I
2: love that line though because I use it for so many things. Anyway.
1: <laughs> All right, culties. Thank you for this.
0: And we'll see you next week.